what we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. It is indeed too late to turn back now. Welcome. Hello. Live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. Today is Tuesday, November the 14th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 969 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, and we have another great show and a fun show for you here today. Joining me on our Spence Automotive Guest Line in about 15 minutes or so. We're going to pull him up a little bit early. we got a lot of stuff to talk to him about today. He's our resident NBA. He's our resident college hoops. Heck, uh, even NFL uh, expert. Richard Clark with the Carteret County News Times at CarolinaCoastOnline.com. We had so much fun. Well, like I said, we're going to talk to him about uh, everything going on in the NBA right now. Uh, man, I want to pick his brain about Reggie uh, Bullock uh, not playing in the past couple of games. What that means to him, I'm gonna uh, we're going to pick his brain about Brandon. And uh, he's now come back and played three straight games and, and played pretty doggone well, too. They play tonight. Uh, we're going to pick his brain about uh, the, the state of the NBA at this moment, et cetera, et cetera. And on top of hey, we're going to talk to him about the Dallas Cowboys, his Dallas Cowboys, uh, uh, kind of like what we did with Panicelli yesterday. Take a look back at uh, all of yesterday's or uh, Sunday's NFL results. Man, uh, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and goodness gracious. How to lose a game, they are rewriting the book on how to do that as they did that last night. It seemingly had the game in hand on Monday Night Football uh, and just uh, somehow blew it. I mean, two, when I say costly penalties, guys, if you didn't stay up for that game and watch the end of it, you missed a very depressing end of the game. If you're a Bills fan, that is, uh, it, it was crazy. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. I cannot remember. Last time I've seen a game end like this as they lost to the lowly Denver Broncos. You remember the Denver Broncos from, I don't know, two months ago or seven weeks ago, the team that lost 70 to 20 to uh, the Miami Dolphins. Well, they went to Buffalo, allegedly, allegedly one of the best teams in the NFL and uh, won. The Broncos won 24 to 22 uh, after uh, the after the Buffalo Bills just had two just crazy penalties. First, a pass interference. That is what it is. But then too many players on the field. After the Broncos had uh, missed a field goal, that would have given them the win. We thought the game was over. But then 12 players on the field for Buffalo. It's a five-yard penalty. The Broncos get to line it up, kick it again. And guess what? <laughs> they win 24-22 to last night. Congratulations to the Broncos. That was, uh, it was just crazy. It was crazy. Uh, listen, and everybody was wanting to bury uh, Russell Wilson. Yes, I'm talking, well, I don't know if uh, Greg Clemens wanted to bury him. He, uh, you know, I'm sure you're a Phillip Rivers fan, as I am. I like Phillip Rivers. Man, the uh, everybody wanting to bury him and uh, that his career was over, uh, anything but, man. I mean, he has had a very solid season at this point. Is he as flashy as he used to be when he was with Seattle? No, no, he's not. But I tell you what, uh, he's he's playing well enough for them to win. And again, the Broncos now 4-5 and five overall after everybody had buried them and Russell Wilson. What about the Buffalo Bills, man? Uh, five and five now and a team that is uh, going backwards. I mean, they are... Like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, they are going the wrong way. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, Buffalo uh, in a lot of trouble right now, in a lot of trouble. In fact, let me look at the standings right now. I didn't even think about this as I was putting the show together. If uh, Buffalo, if the playoffs started today, 
Buffalo would definitely not be in. They are the 10th best team in the AFC right now. The Houston Texans would be in. How about try that one on for size? The Houston Texans would be in. They would be the final team to get in from the AFC. Buffalo is three positions out. They're actually behind Indianapolis. They're behind the Cleveland Browns. They're behind Houston. It's just it's crazy. But uh, we'll talk to Rich about that. We'll pick his brain about all that stuff. And uh, that'll he, he will take us through the first hour. And then in our second hour, uh, it's going to be, uh, as you know, high school basketball. We talked a lot about it yesterday. We're going to delve into it a little bit here today, too, and not a little bit in the second hour. It's going to be our uh, our second hour. Is we're gonna, It's North Lenore High School Hoops Day here on the show. We'll be joined by Anthony Copperhead Lofton to begin the hour. He is a boys basketball coach over at, uh, at North Lenore High School. And then Howard Woolley will join us, uh, the girls basketball coach. I think the world of both of them, both of them, longtime coaches at uh, North Lenore High School, and they are going to get us ready for the North Lenore basketball season, which begins, uh, da, 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 why, let me tell you, I've got it right here. North Lenore, they began on Monday at Aiden Grifton, so they're in their final week of practice getting ready for that. And that's what we're going to be doing, uh, what we talked to uh, uh, as we're getting you ready for this season. Uh, we talked to uh, Clay Harrell. Last week, I uh, believe, yeah, that was on Thursday from Arundel Parrot Academy. Uh, Copperhead and Howard Woolley today. Uh, we will be talking to, uh, well, Jason Bryant will help us get ready. As you know, right here, betonthebull.com, 960 a.m. You will be able to listen to uh, games all season long. I don't know exactly when that begins. It's either, I think it's the first week of January, though. And uh, we'll have Jason tell us about that on Thursday. Uh, but, uh between now and next week, uh, I know it's Thanksgiving week next week, but we're going to have coaches on from uh, every one of our schools to uh, talk about it. Uh, Burt Potter will be joining us on uh, Monday to talk about Bethel. Uh, we're, we've got to get lined up uh, Perry Tindall and uh, Christopher Bradshaw from Kinston. But trust me when I tell you, uh, we will have uh, between now and next Wednesday, we will have uh, coaches on from every one of our local schools. So uh, very excited about that speaking of uh like i said we got richard clark here in the first hour copperhead and howard woolley in our second hour tomorrow is going to be a fun show uh, michael martin of course in our first hour and then a shiver person is going to be joining us they're having a big event out at uh at historic ranger stadium the down east wood ducks are and he's going to tell us all about that he <laughs> tomorrow will be uh all studio uh folks as Mike Martin and Shiver Person will be live here in the studio on the first hour. I'm very excited about our second hour tomorrow, too. Good friend of mine and a good friend of everybody who meets him, uh, Ricky Whaley, uh, will be joining us right here in the studio, and he will uh, help us get through the second hour tomorrow. Just going to pick his brain. I'm telling you, uh, I don't even know what questions that I'm going to ask Rick. It's just going to be fun. As I just uh, A man that has been around for decades here, and uh in kinston and lenora county he knows more kinston indians trivia well not trivia kinston indians information than i'll ever know he's forgotten more than i'll ever know i guess is what i'm trying to say there but excited about that that is uh tomorrow's show thursday's show we'll have kelly cannon on from the kinston community center she's going to be promoting the holly jolly christmas show which starts this weekend too man just so much great stuff going on here in kinston and lenora county We'll have Jason Bryan in the second hour. Both of them will be live here in the studio. And then on Friday, we'll have uh, Paul Whittington, uh, as we always do on our Spence Automotive guest line. TGIF with IP, which, by the way, thank you guys for uh, jumping in and supporting that. That has been a, a lot, lot, lot of fun. And uh, we're still looking for a sponsor for that. If you would like to sponsor TGIF with IP, uh, please let me know, get in touch with me. And, uh, it is much more affordable than you probably think it is. Uh, and, uh, just let me know if you, you or your business would like to sponsor it. You will get tons of love from me. You'll get tons of love from, uh, from, uh, from the show for sure. So, uh, there you go. And, uh, like I said, we'll have a uh, basketball guest in our second hour on Friday. So, Man, uh, and then next week, we've already got next week pretty much all booked out. Like I said, uh, Monday, uh, Panicelli and Burt Potter 
Richard Clark and basketball coaches on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Mike Martin and Felicia Solomon on our Thanksgiving Eve show. So, uh, I, one of the things I was telling Linda this yesterday, has just been, it's been amazing. Uh, or is it Linda? Well, I hung out with uh, John and Jonathan last night. We were talking about, yeah, it was John and Jonathan. Sorry, Linda. But, uh, just talking about how I appreciate all you folks that, uh, want to be a part of the show and are contacting me and asking me to, uh, fit them in in a slot. And we're doing it so much. So man, we've already got, uh, for the week of November 27th, already got, uh, three guests already lined up for that week. The week of December 4th <coughs> already got, uh, four guests and that doesn't even count our regular Monday through Friday guests either. And then on top of all that, Monday, December the 11th, we're already booked, got that booking too. Will Harrell will be joining us. Uh, to, he is part of the 252-919 football game. Uh, we're going to have some local players in that. He's going to be coaching in it. Uh, so football, I keep saying, is over for Lenore County. Well, we do have a couple players that are going to be playing in that. We're not going to have anybody in the Shrine Bowl or in the uh, East-West games. As far as I know, as far as I know, at this moment we don't. But uh, we will have uh, a couple of coaches, as far as I know, and uh, a couple of players for the 252-919 football game. That will be taking place at uh, JP2's campus uh, on, uh, uh, I believe that is on Saturday, December 16th. We're going to do our best to get out there and uh, see that game, too. So there you go. Uh, you know today's guest. You know the rest of our guests coming up over the next, I was about to say, week. Actually, a couple of weeks here on the Brian Hanks Show. And again, just grateful, very grateful, very thankful to have uh, such good support from uh, from you folks out there. We really do appreciate it. You know who else we appreciate? Lenore Community College. For 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and... Uh, And, uh, that's right. I was reading something else. Uh, the, uh, listen, LCC, they've helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. Their mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of their students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And as I say every morning here on the show, thank you, Richie Honeycutt. Thank you, Dr. Rusty Hunt. Thank you, all the folks over at LCC who help bring you, who are the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show and help bring you this show every morning here on 960 AM and betonthebull.com and 252 ESPN and 107.5 FM throughout Lenore County. Really do truly, truly, truly appreciate everybody that is a part of this process. Hey, uh, thank you, Jason Bryant. Uh, he sends me this, and this is very important. Please visit WRNS.com for your last chance to get your guitar pool tickets. The show is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Maxwell Center in Goldsboro. And as you heard him say last week here on his Thursday appearance, the only way, don't don't think you can uh, walk up with a handful of cash and hand it over to Jason Bryant. Wait a minute. Well, maybe that might work. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you cannot buy tickets to uh, the guitar pool uh, over at the Maxwell Center in Goldsboro. The only way you can do it is by the giveaway tickets, and they've been doing it all over eastern North Carolina uh, providing those tickets that you can go and watch that. Uh, but the show is tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Uh, but again, uh, please visit WRNS.com. It's also a toys for tots fundraiser event. So br please bring, yes, you're, you're getting in for free with, uh, the, the giveaway tickets, but please bring a, a new unwrapped toy for the toys for tots fundraiser. So we can uh, provide a very Merry Christmas to, uh, to uh, kids throughout Eastern North Carolina. Uh, again, that's the uh, guitar poll tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Go to WRNS.com, and you can find out how you can uh, be a part of that and go to that. Also, uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Clemens. He sends me a uh, picture of a Tony Bennett Do Your Job t-shirt. You know what? You're right, uh, Mr. Clemens. That is a good-looking T-shirt. I think I'm going to have to get me one of those. I really do. It is, uh, it's not as good-looking as the Brian Hanks Show T-shirts, but uh, it's a pretty good. It's got Tony Bennett on the front of it. 
So you know it's a good-looking shirt. Okay, uh, I tell you what, we are going to get uh, Richard Clark up here on the line with us, but I do want to remind you that next week, uh, or actually uh, high school basketball has already started in our neck of the woods. Bethel played two games last week. (coughs) They played in the uh, Carolina Classic Tournament up in the Triangle uh, Thursday and Friday. Dropped both their games. They lost to Durham Fellowship Baptist and then to Hilltop Christian out of Uquay Verena. Uh, and we'll have Burt Potter on later this week to talk, or I'm sorry, uh, early next week to talk about their season. But uh, just a heads up, Kenston basketball, they open their season, uh, the boys do, on Monday at Northern Nash. Uh, the girls actually open their season this Friday at home versus D.H. Conley. That game will be at 6 o'clock. Uh, and then they'll play at Northern Nash, too, on Monday. North and North's boys and girls, they open their 23-24 season Monday at Aiden Grifton. South and North boys and girls, they open their 23-24 season Friday at Croatan. And both coaches, uh, they're brand-new coaches for uh, South North. Thomas Earp for the boys, Zach Pierce for the girls. They will be joining me right here on the show on Friday. Parrot Academy, uh, they open their season a week from today at home versus Beargrass Charter. Uh, Green Central, they open their uh, season a uh, week from today at Eastern Wayne. Aiden Grifton, you uh, heard me say uh, their boys, now they open their season at home uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, versus Pamlico County. And then the girls' team and the boys' team will play on Monday against North Northern. Then Jones Sr., <clears throat> they open their season this Friday uh, at Beargrass Charters. How about that? Beargrass Charter playing a couple of our local teams there, too. Hometown Hero updates, not a lot from last night. I'll just, in fact, the only player that played last night from our neck of the woods was Damian Dunn and Houston. They improved to 3-0 overall. Uh, Damian came off the bench. He scored 15 points on three or four shooting from uh, the three-point range. He added three rebounds and a steal. He played 20 minutes in that game. Uh, the Cougars are back at home Thursday versus Towson. That will be at 8.30 p. or uh, I'm sorry, at 6.30 p.m., and that will be on ESPN2. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, they're at home versus UNC Greensboro today at 8. That'll be on the SEC Network. Isaac Parson, Jeremy Dixon, and Maji Dodd of Winston-Salem State, they open the home portion of their schedule tonight against uh, the University of Mount Olive. That game is at 7 o'clock. Then they play in the Chris Paul HBCU tip-off tournament at, uh, versus Tuskegee. Uh, that'll be Saturday at 8, and they'll play in either the third-place game at 6 on Sunday or the championship game at 8.30. And then these last two uh, hometown heroes here, Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they are 4-6. and six. They play at home versus Dallas today. They uh, are at home Denver uh, versus Denver Friday at 8 o'clock, then versus Minnesota Saturday at 7. Reggie Bullock Jr. and the Houston Rockets, uh, yeah. they are off until Friday when they play at the L.A. Clippers at 10.30 and then at L.A. Lakers Sunday at 9.30. And joining us right now on our Spence Automotive guest line, he is our uh, regular Tuesday guest. He is our NBA and hoops expert. He doesn't even know this yet, but I'll let Richard Clark know from uh, the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Dude, I had so much fun with the which team are they on game we played last week. Guess what, man? I got 10, <laughs> I got 10 more for you today, dude. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to give you credit too, man. Uh, uh, you went 7-3 and three last weekend. Dude, I'm telling you, I would have gone 1-9 and nine at best, maybe – I, I dude, I wouldn't have done better than one and nine, but to show you how good you are, uh, now he's not nearly the NBA addict that you are, although he's up there, but had a uh, clay Harrell, uh, from, uh, a rental parrot Academy. He's a head basketball coach and he is now he's a league pass guy just like you. Okay. I mean, uh, and he, he, now he coaches parrot Academy, so he gets home. He does what you do, man. He records games and then goes back and watches them. I mean, what kind of sicko does that rich? Well, first of all, let's be clear. They record them for you. You don't have to do it. So let's not act like we're out running the streets trying to find out when we can record it. It just doesn't. Um, so, well, let me tell you this. Though. I play, he played the game just like you did, and I gave him uh, the ten, same 10 players you had. He went six and four, okay? Ah, see. So you beat him. About the dude. same. Yep. Well, not the same. So, but, but dude, he's an addict. I guarantee you. I get Jason Bryant doing it. I get me doing it. We get any of our regular game. Mark Panicelli would go one and nine or two and eight. Maybe that's what I need to start doing is doing that with uh, our other guests just to make you feel hey, rich. You're down on yourself. You should be happy, man. <laughs> Seven and three is amazing, dude. 
Yeah, the high school I went to, that's like a D. But, so. see, but see, I don't use that. I, who was it the other day I did something and I got 50% of it right and they're like, oh, that's, I think it's probably John Dawson. He's like, oh, that's an F. I'm like, dude, no, you can't <laughs> use that kind of. To me, it's almost like uh, if you're grading uh, a restaurant and you go one to 10 and you give them a five, that doesn't mean they're failing. It just means they're they're halfway. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, make no mistake. It depends on the game you play. Yeah. You know, three out of 10 in, in, football is probably not great three out of ten at baseball is pretty good oh, so, you're a hall you of know. famer right it depends on what you're talking about absolutely well uh listen i already got a question here for you how about this jason bryant jumped in and he said and goodness gracious dude we've got so much to talk about that's the reason i thank you for coming on a little bit earlier usually we get you on about 20 after the first hour we got you on about 17 after the first hour today is because I don't want to run out of time. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. And uh, he, uh, Jason wanted to know, and dude, it was actually one of my questions too. This end, uh, this end season tournament junk, man. I mean, not junk, but I just, I'm not a big fan of, but I'll tell you what, I'm really not a big fan of Richard Clark. And it's the court paint schemes for uh, this thing. And man, I watched, uh, you know, the Pelicans uh, Rockets game the other night, hoping to get to see Reggie Bullock play. He didn't get in the game, but dude, I had a headache for the next two days after that, and I'm almost positive it was caused by the Houston Rockets court, dude. What do you think about the game? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm only halfway. Some of them are good. Man. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I mean, it's you know, that it's irrelevant, really. Those in the uniforms are just say change for the sake of changing, and I don't think the I don't think you can judge this. I'm I'm not an advocate of this thing. I'm of the opinion that the only people that like it are the soccer nerds that think we're going to bring that same mentality over here. Um, that's not the way it is in American sports. We don't treat things the same way. You know what I mean? We oh, yeah. we build to a championship. That's what we do. In Europe, the reason that the, the in-season tournaments work overseas in soccer and even in FIBA basketball is because leagues are playing across leagues. Uh, you know, the La Liga is playing against the Premier League. That's what the enticement is. We don't have that here. So it's really just a way to try to create some kind of buzz. I will say, though, I don't think you're going to get the full bear of it until they get to Vegas. When it becomes the one-and-done part of it, yeah. I think you'll really see something a little bit different. Um, but until then, I think it's just a, another day with different court. You know what I mean? But – the courts don't give you a headache, though. They're all pretty much the same. Uh, I mean, of course, different color schemes, but... Uh, yeah, and that's what makes the difference. Okay. It depends on the colors they pick, because some of them are right. Um, who was I watching that wasn't bad? Was it Phoenix? Phoenix or L.A. Okay. Um, wasn't bad, but some of them are terrible. Um, well, what they're doing to the uniforms, too, is... And, and, yeah, that's you know, gross. It, it is very gross. And let me tell you something, dude. You know this about me. I'm a Celtics fan. I've been a, that, that was the first NBA team I ever pulled for back in 1982, man, is when I became a, a Celtics fan. I know probably mostly because it was, you know, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and, you know, those guys. But, uh, dude, what I've always appreciated about the Celtics uniform, Richard, is that it is clean. It is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's historic. Man, what they have done over the last couple of years, and it's not just with this end-season tournament, but when they've tried to do these stupid alternate uniforms. Yeah. yeah. I will never, and I'm a bit, as big a Celtics fan as you know, dude. I will never buy one of those. And what they've done in this end-season tournament, I, I listen, listeners, just Google uh, Boston Celtics end-season tournament jerseys, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Dude, they're disgusting, man. I mean, and then I tweeted about uh, a uniform the other night, too. I can't even remember. I'm like you. I'm not, I'm not like you. I don't watch as much basketball as you do. But there was somebody, and it was like all blocks and, you know, triangles. Yeah. And whose was that, dude? Who's was that? I, I, I don't know. Milwaukee's got some pretty bad ones because uh, I watched some of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. What they should have did there was you play in an uh, updated version of your very first uniform, period. Yeah. Whatever franchise you are, and be done with it. I, when they this whole thing with the colors changing and everything else is kind of ridiculous, um, but I get it. You know, it, it's what they do. But they should have just went with the very first uniform you had, 
you know, an updated version of that been done. So, well, but you know, this is, this is what happens when you get too many people in a room. Well, it's, it's disgusting. I'm actually going through my uh, Twitter feed cause I know I tweeted about, uh, goodness gracious. Uh, da, 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 I can't find it, but I, I will find it eventually. But dude, it was, it was the absolute worst jer- dude. I've never even seen like a middle school Jersey that looked that bad, dude. It was so, <laughs> oh goodness gracious. It's gonna, this is going to rip me up, dude. I, I know people like uh, hearing me scroll. Oh, here it is. The Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. It was all looked like trying, like I said, triangles and rectangles and they were all different colors and I would be embarrassed, man. Is is there not a point? Who was it? Was it LeBron that a few years ago when, remember when they did the little experiment of having sleeves on their jerseys that uh, he ripped the sleeves off his Jersey? Well, ironically, (laughs) I think LeBron likes the the sleeves because you see him wear them now. Okay. But you well, know, maybe it was uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was somebody else. Though, but I remember. Maybe it's Draymond Green. But I don't know why that name immediately jumps to mind. But somebody that they and they were fined for it too. They ripped the and then he was like, "Well, look at the other team. They're wearing jerseys without sleeves. Why? You know, whoever it was that did it. But and I know what it's for, dude. I'm not dumb. As I sit in here in my plush, well lit, well protected studio and look at all the jerseys that I have in here. The reason they do it is to sell more jerseys. You know. Uh, yeah, but who? I, I'm with you, but you know, and they've been doing this forever. We want to pretend like this is a new thing and that we're all uh, going to be offended and whatnot. But <laughs> go back and look at some. You should talk about the Nets. Go back and look at the Nets jerseys back during the Jason Kidd era. Them ugly light blue thing. Yeah. And keep in mind, the Nets have possibly the best looking jersey in the history of the NBA, but they don't wear them. You talking about the black and white ones? No, I'm talking about the Dr. J ones. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely right. Same, same with Philadelphia. Philadelphia's blue jerseys from the Dr. J era, they were some of the best ones. Uh, okay. Same with Portland. <laughs> You've got two th- Well, the, uh, those first two, though, uh, they have Dr. Dude, Dr. J could probably wear one of these ugly-ass uh, Brooklyn Nets jerseys and probably even make it look good. He was that smooth and that good of a cool. player don't get yeah, cool yeah there you go was cool, just that cool, cool. is the right word <laughs> yeah. don't you think he could probably yeah, even so, make that look cool right i don't know man some of these are pretty hideous <laughs> there you go man so much to talk about we're gonna i tell you can we jump away from basketball for a second sure dude it has been my dream and you've known me for almost 20 years now it has been my dream to get paid to do nothing okay I mean, in fact, I, I did my best at times to get paid to do nothing in the time you and I worked together. You remember those days, don't you, Rich? Of <laughs> uh, getting paid to do nothing? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, no, when I would do as little as possible to get paid. I'm joking, of course. But, uh, dude, what do you think about the Jimbo Fisher? Dude, that son of a gun is getting paid $76 million. And I don't know. And I actually read some of the details as I was show prepping today. You know, a lot of times when you get that buyout, you know, whatever that, uh, let's say for him, for instance, say 76 million, well, he'll only end up getting 40 million of it. And then if he gets a job with somebody else, then, uh, he doesn't get paid it, dude. It doesn't matter for the next 10 years. He's going to get $7.6 million a year for the next 10 years, uh, fully guaranteed. He's going to get, and if he goes somewhere else to coach Richard, he still gets to keep that $7.6 million a year. Where did we go? I guess my main question is not what you think about that, because I obviously know you well enough to know what you think about that, but uh, what did we do wrong with our lives, dude? Well, clearly we're not big-time college <laughs> football there. Well, I, and let me take it a step forward further. The Power Five conferences owe, just since last year, they owe fire coaches $146 million. <laughs> now – and and so where are all the people that said paying the athletes is going to be the downfall of amateur sports? You want to see where the problem is? There it is, right there, Dude, right I, there. Here's what: I, if you were a Texas A&M fan, and I'm not—I mean, I'm neutral. I don't hate him. I don't love him either. But Texas A&M neutral. But if you were a supporter of Texas A&M, Richard, and you know you're a, an Iron Duke like you are at Duke, or a Pirate Club guy like you are at Pirate Club, or Rams Club guy at Carolina, would you not be a little upset that? You know, that hard-earned, I don't know, $3,000 a year that you're giving to your university, 
That's just a that's a drop in the bucket of the seventy six million dollars he's going to get over the next ten years. I, and I, I'll answer your question. We knew, and you've always been a player's advocate. And for folks who don't know you that well, I've known you for twenty years, and you've been you were one of the first ones that said, "Hey, players need to be paid in college." And I've always thought that was very forward thinking of you, Rich. But I'm with you. For all these people that said, oh, my God, paying players, it's going to – you're only going to have 30 teams in college football three years from now from paying players. Dude, get out of here with that mess, man. I mean, when you can – you've got enough in your reserves, Texas A&M, to pay $76 million over the next 10 years. Don't ever come to me again with, oh, we can't pay players. Well, what about Notre Dame? How many coaches are they paying currently? Oh, God. As of two years ago, Notre Dame was paying four coaches that were not the coach of the football team. And they're not even in a conference, or at least not really. See what I – so, you know, the money has always been there in college football. It was just being sucked up by people that didn't have anything to do with the the product on the field. Now it's changed, and the powers that be want to act like it's the end of the world because you had to pay these guys. You know, it is what it will work itself out. I think college sports will eventually be better for it. Everybody just needs to calm down and and let it settle down. Well, you know, it's not what it was. It never has been. Look, the whole thing that we're only going to have three college football, uh, thirty college football teams. That's all we've had for what two decades. That's right. How many How many national actual schools have won the national championship in football in the last twenty years? Because I know seven, the answer. Eight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, what are we talking about? And then when right. you get a Texas uh, Texas Christian team that makes it to the championship game, you saw what happened last year, didn't you, Rich? Uh, I remember when Hawaii got to the Sugar Bowl that year and got <laughs> mud stomped. You know, it is what it is. What, what I think will eventually happen is um, – some form of remember when Texas was talking about doing their own thing and then the SEC. I think eventually we will end up with a, let's call it the big boy league. And it'll be those schools. And then we'll get everybody else will be basically a higher version of what the FBS does right now. I love it. Which I think will be great. Clark big boy league. Yeah. Let's let's, we could call it the NFL light if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Or double A NFL, whatever you want to call it, it's fine. It's not been college since Eric Dickerson got a Trans Am at seventeen. <laughs> so I don't, you know, what are we talking about here? And yeah. all these people want, you know, I, I get, I get a little annoyed by the people that want to act like amateurism is gone. Uh, you and I both know enough people that have gone to the beloved schools of North Carolina State, North Carolina Duke, who have gotten money. Period. They have gotten paid when it was against the rules. We know these people. Yep. So oh, we've covered them. I mean, I, I told my I've told my story back in the late nineties of, and I'm not going to delve into because I've told it several times. But a Gaston County basketball player that went to Carolina who drove a Honda Accord or a Honda Civic who looked, a, who looked a lot like Tyler Hansbro, but wasn't Tyler Hansbro. <laughs> That guy, yeah. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, who drove a a Honda Civic for his entire time he was in high school, a 6'11 guy. Dude, there's nothing. It looked like a clown car and nothing against him. He's still a friend of mine. We, uh, in fact, messaged with him about three or four months ago. He's a good, good guy. And uh, but uh, there's nothing funnier than, you remember those old mid-'80s, late-'80s Honda Civics, right? Yeah. Yes, they were horrible. That you and I couldn't get into, and I'm 6'11", and you're 5'4", you know? I mean, we couldn't get it. No, just... <laughs> you notice how I just slid that one in there, you know? Wow. <laughs> but wow. Imagine... I'm here recovering from COVID, and you're making jokes on me. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. But but imagine a 6'11 guy curling out of that, and then I went and visited him, uh, what, uh, before the first game of his freshman year in Chapel Hill, and he drives up in a uh, – in a Cadillac, uh, what's her SUV? Oh, the Escalade. Escalade. Drove up in an Escalade and winks at me and goes, it's my girlfriend's. Right. A lot of grandmas bought cars back then. (laughs) Yes, they did. So, and listen, and I say this and I'll say it over and over, and I don't want to belabor this point, but, dude, they cheat everywhere, man. Listen, I'm the biggest Virginia fan you know, dude, but guess what, man? 
they're cheating at Virginia. They're cheating at that, Chapel Hill. They're right cheating there. at Duke and these these self-righteous Duke fans. Oh, Mike Krzyzewski never cheated. Come on, man. No, Maybe no, he didn't have his fingerprints directly on it, but don't think that these players aren't having their relatives hired by businesses in Durham or that they're getting uh, you know cash to help out with this or that, dude. Come on, man. It, it is what it is. You're right, dude. And the story I just told is from 25 years ago, okay? That's right. What? The one I just told about Eric Dickinson's 40 years old. That, exactly, exactly. So all these people that want to have these little dreams of, oh, do you remember when it was all amateur sports? Come on, Rich. There's, it's so full of crap, man. Just enjoy it for that, what that, it is. Enjoy it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, that, that really bothers me because the only thing amateur is you calling it that. Yeah. You know, the, these guys have been getting – something under the table and it just made it even slimier and even worse was the pseudo agents and so forth that were able to to live in that gray area um and hopefully some of this nil stuff will get rid of some of that you know these pseudo coaches the aau coaches that are getting paid to be on the staff of somebody so they can get the, you know that kind of garbage hopefully this nil money will get rid of some of that and we can, we can get back to at least having a clean sport, so to speak. I would agree with that. Listen, I have zero problem with NIL. In fact, hell, for the last few years, this show has paid NIL to Dontre Styles last year at Carolina and to uh, Isaac Parson this year at Winston-Salem State. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Those kids, they work hard. They deserve to get that money. Now, the problem I have is what – let's talk about what happened with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. These doggone – poor kids at texas a&m they watched their coach walk away with 76 million dollars guaranteed if i could say it one more time there richard clark yet uh before this year or before the last couple of years they couldn't transfer anywhere okay that, that was always can. my beef yeah mine too mine too well you can transfer now but Here's where I do say this, dude. There's got to be something's got to happen with the transfer portal, dude. The day is going to come. It it's going to come very soon, Rich, where you're going to have a player who's played for four colleges or universities in four years. That's what we're headed towards. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? Probably not. But yeah, and, and I would ask ahead. you please, this please, on please. that. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want your view on this. I, I would ask you this. Anybody that says that particular sentiment, do you have a problem if a student does that? No. If dude. a student went to four schools in four years, would you have a problem with it? Dude, I am so glad you said that, dude, because guess who you're talking to? You're talking to a guy that uh, when I was in the Army attended. Uh, was in the transfer portal. Then I, <laughs> dude, when I was in the Army, I attended a community college in Colorado Springs, okay? Went to a year there. Got out of the Army, went to Surrey Community College for a year. Transferred down to Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte and finished at uh, UNC Charlotte. I have never even thought about that until you brought that up right there, dude. So I went to four colleges. It wasn't in four years. It took me about six years, but still, four colleges in six years, and I've got the nerve to complain about a player going to different colleges. Well, let's be clear. If I was looking at your draft profile, I'd have dropped you a few points for all those <laughs> all those schools in the middle of that. Look, the transfer portal, all of that stuff will work itself out. Right now, what we're seeing is everybody has this dream that they're going to go Either they're at a big school, they'll go to a smaller school and get to play more and be successful, or they're at a small school and they'll go to a bigger school and get on the big stage. Right now, that's the dream. After a couple of years of data where this isn't successful, it will it will slow down. Number one, right now you have these coaches talking about, well, I might as well get a kid that's been a transfer. He's mature. We can win. Yeah, but not really because that's not really going to work. We can pretend it will, and it's a short gap, maybe. But you're going to have to reload again. Well, you know, you're going to be in constant change. No, 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 no. And I agree with that. But let me ask you this, okay? Uh, I've done this with you several times, and uh, as our boy, we listen to him. We bring him up every week. Bill Simmons. He's got the his sports czar uh, concept, which yeah. I like, by the way, man. I think it's genius. I'm going to make you sports czar for a moment here, dude. And I mean, the decision you make right now, Richard Clark, will affect college athletics. What would you do to change the uh, transfer portal, or would you change it? Uh, nothing right now. Okay. okay. I'd, I'd let the I'd let the data play itself out. Like I said, what's got to happen is enough kids have to uh, have to know another kid 
that went somewhere for no reason other than he thought he was going to play more and it not work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you, once they start seeing that, they'll stop doing it. It's, it's like anything else. You're wearing those shoes because you saw another guy wear those shoes and he played well in them. So you went and bought them. Yeah. Well, if he played bad in those shoes, you wouldn't have went and bought them. It's the same thing. And we just got to wait for it to play itself out. Everybody's jumping the gun because it's a change. And you know, in this country, we do not like change. So not, that's for sure. Hey, uh, Jason Bryant did jump in here and he, uh, wanted you to hear this said, I think the difference is whether they were getting a true education or not. They did generally used to stay for four years. They, they, I guess what he's trying to say is they did get a quasi true education when they stayed for four years. He said, he thinks that's the biggest difference in college athletics today. Although I'll counter with, I mean, it was I'll push back on that heavily. Yeah, heavily. I was about to say, I'll push back with uh, with what happened in Chapel Hill when it was proven, proven that uh, they're going to sham classes. Mm-hmm. For, and then no, no, I'll take it for three or four years. Go ahead. No, no, I'll take it a step further than that. Remember when they put out the study of the teams that were in the BCS back when Florida State was in it and their graduation rate was under 30%? <laughs> yeah. So what, what education are you talking about? Look, I've been in favor, and you've heard me say this a hundred times. If the kid wants to come major in football, major in football. Yeah. Because guess I, what? I don't he care. can have a career in that for the rest of his life as a coach or a Right. Why, why are we something? pretending yeah. and sending yeah. him to library science? Yep. You're absolutely so, right, dude. I, I'm, I just think we need to stop pretending. I'm actually, if you made me sports star, I would fix college sports by making it the European model, and we get rid of some of that. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I think we need the academies like they have over there. I think that's why. In speaking of basketball, in my particular genre here, in basketball, that's why the European players are better players right now because they pull those kids out at what 12, 13, 14, and put them in academy. That's the same thing they do with soccer. That's why their soccer is better than ours. Yeah. You know what I mean? We oh, can't yeah, compete. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, how, how bad are we going to be at soccer before we change what we're doing? <laughs> Dude, that's a hell of a question, man. Richard Clark on with us. Uh, spend a little bit more time than I wanted to with that, but that's all right because we always uh, go long. Uh, I wanted to ask you, we have a mutual friend, a uh, good friend, actually, named Charlie Crable, who is uh, probably the biggest Buffalo Bills fan that I know. And, uh, dude, man. Last night was just abysmal. I mean, they've got as much talent, the Buffalo Bills do. They've got, in my opinion, the second or third best quarterback in the game today. Is it? I really do. I really do. I just think it was bad decisions. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Okay, bad decisions. See, (sighs) it's funny the narrative we paint with these things. You know, (laughs) as the quarterback of my team, you know where I'm getting at here. We, we want to focus on certain things with certain players. You know, all I kept hearing about Dak was all those interceptions, which, by the way, was only one year. If you look at his career, he'd never thrown that many interceptions. But that's all you heard here. Heard was bad decisions, bad interceptions, turning the ball over. Well, Josh Allen has led the league in interceptions since he got in the league. Yeah. Period. At what point, if this was any other quarterback, what would we be saying right now? I don't know. Is he good? Maybe. He's got all the tools. But if this was another quarterback, we'd be saying he's got all the physical ability, but he doesn't have the smarts. How much do you think right? how much do you think fantasy fits into this? Because Josh Allen is I mean, even more than uh Pat Mahomes, he's uh probably the best fantasy football oh, quarterback. No, that's what I'm asking. How much do you think that factors in that geeks like me that play fantasy football and are addicted to her? That's why we think Josh Allen is so no, good. No, no, I'm going to take that a step further. Okay, okay. I think I think that fantasy sports has completely messed up the average fan oh, no. into thinking that they know how to be a GM, <laughs> that they think they know how to make decisions on a football. That's why you get these let's call them people on the internet are like, well, we, we have two wide receivers that are all pros. We just need to go out and get Justin Jefferson. Well, okay. But in the real world, that's never going to happen. You know, in the real world, they do not trade Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to get him. He's going to be in Kansas City until he dies or can't play anymore. That's just how it works. And I just think that you even see it sometimes with the commentators 
you know, we forget what's really important because in fantasy, for particularly fantasy football, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, all that, we forget what's really important. Your offensive line. I mean, we've seen it time and time again by real GMs build these teams with these all-pro wide receiver, all-pro quarterback. But you don't. You got a line of people that worked at Walmart, and now you can't win, and everybody's asking you why. Yeah. Well, I think about dude. You know what? As much as I grew grew to hate little Danny Snyder, man, and I did, man. I mean, he's just an abysmal human being. I still think in his heart, Richard Clark, and I mean this sincerely. I think he he wanted Washington to win, and he would spend whatever it took to help Washington win. And heck, even your guy down in Dallas, man, yeah, Jura, that's exactly I mean, what I was going to say. You got to give him credit for that. He will do whatever. No, he cares. Yeah, he does care. And the same thing he's with just Dan bad Snyder. At it. He, dude, I swear to God, I was getting ready to say he's just <laughs> bad at it. I mean, and uh, that's what he tried to do. What you were talking about there before fantasy was he had even blown up, and I'm talking about Dan Snyder. Do you remember all the signings he had in his first two or three years in Washington? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Absolutely, I do. Well, let me ask you this, dude. And uh, Panicelli and I talk about this on uh, Mondays when I have him on. And we have put the mark of death on on your Cowboys after two weeks. Do you remember after two weeks? I said, they're going to – do you remember my, my quote there, dude? They're going to go 16 Oh, yeah. One. 16 and one, and I told you you were full of it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I remember. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then from, from then on, and I'm just doing this out of my head. I don't even have this written in front of me. So it was Dallas after the first two weeks. We saw what's happened to them, even though I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFL, but that's conversation for another day. But then it was – Third best team in the NFL. Uh, say it again. We're the third best team in the league right now. Oh, I think you are, dude. I, and, and, yeah, and that, we can. We just can't, and we can beat Philly. We just can't beat San Francisco. They're well, too physical for us. Well, there you go. And I was going to say, uh, then Philly was the best team they lost. San Francisco. Oh my God, nobody can beat San Francisco. They're going to roll to the Super Bowl. They lose three games in a row. Okay, right, uh, including a home game to Cincinnati. Then it was uh, I don't even know, dude. Oh, it was. Uh, uh, Baltimore this past week, man, nobody's going to beat Baltimore. They're going to, you know, go 14 and three and just roll to the, to the Super Bowl. We saw what happened to them this past weekend, dude, is, have you ever seen more parody in a league than what the NFL has right now? Uh, it's what the league wanted. And, and it's been this way for a while now, honestly, we, the Brady thing kind of threw everybody off. You know, we kind of forget. But if you take him out of the equation, it was a lot of different teams good at those times. He was the only difference. Uh, and he was the anomaly, so to speak. Yeah. I think the best way to put it is is like in boxing, they say styles make fights. Well, you know, Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali. George Foreman knocked out Joe Frazier. Ali knocked out George Foreman. It's just matchups week to week to week. Who do you match up well with and who don't you? For instance, like I just said, my boys are not a physical football team, so we do not match up well with San Francisco, so we lose to them. But we could beat everybody else. It's just, you know, it's what it is. And I think you're seeing that uh, more and more these days because these teams are specifically designed for certain things, and they can go out there, they can beat certain teams in a, in a certain way, a certain manner, but then when they go up against a team that's set up opposite to that, they struggle. Now, that Cleveland-Baltimore game, oof. I'm not exactly sure what happened in that game. I watched that. Deshaun Watson is terrible. Yeah. And they still won that game. I, I just know if I was a Ravens fan, I might would be looking at the panic button because that's a bad loss right there. That's like the Arizona loss for us. But this crazy move. Don't move from that. What you said right there is insane because going into the weekend, it was universally accepted. Hey, Baltimore's going to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was almost if it's not them, it's going to be the Chiefs. But man, look at how the Ravens have played. They are the best team in the NFL. And all it took, Richard Clark, was one loss. And now you're saying what you just said. And I'm not denigrating you, dude. I'm agreeing with you. It took one loss for everybody to reset and go, well, maybe Baltimore's not as good as we thought they were. Well, here's the thing. I'm not sure that the parity is exactly what we think it is. Because when you really go in and look at this, there's almost three tiers. There's a couple of three good, really good teams. And then there's probably ten teams that are fairly good. But then there's a lot of really bad teams. I mean, for instance, like, 
I forget who it was, um, but their combined they they're like seven and two, but their combined wins of the teams they had beaten had only won like four games. You know, of those seven teams they beat or whatever it was, you get you get what I'm saying. Oh, I do, yeah. And, and it's the same for mine. We haven't beat a winning team yet, but we're six and three, seven and three, whatever we are. You know, I just think the league has got a lot of bottom feeders that are very bad football teams. The Giants are terrible. Yeah. Well, don't you wish, I mean, and I sent you this text on Sunday, don't you wish you had 17 weeks of the Giants to play? Man, <laughs> they are so, I'm just amazed that people thought they were going to be good and, and Dayball was a good coach. Well, I've, uh, I've often said. They're the worst team other, I've seen. Oh, dude, I agree with you. And. You know, you, there's this, you know, thing that, hey, if uh, Dallas and New York Giants played each other 10 times, Dallas would win seven or eight of them. Dude, I don't think Dallas would lose a single game if they played 50 times, man. I mean, you guys have dominated. We might lose one just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that goes. I know. Okay, but uh, let's say 20 times. 20 times, I think Dallas would be 20-0 and 0 against the Giants, dude. I really do. It, 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 they're not even there. Like I said, I've watched a lot of football this year, and that's the worst team I've seen play. Wow. I mean, they don't have anything that's good, nothing. I mean, even, you know, supposedly they got a good running game because of Saquon Barkley, but really? Because I haven't seen it. Uh, the quarterback play is awful. The offensive line is awful. You know, most teams, like Cleveland, for instance, that defense is pretty good. Yeah. And if they can get anything on offense, they're in every game. Um, and most teams are like that. They have one thing that they can do pretty well if they can't. You know, the Giants are different. They're bad. They're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstake, I guess. God, do you even want After him? giving Daniel guy. Jones $9 gazillion. Oh, exactly, dude. And I was about to say, though, I watched a lot of that USC. Who did they play? Uh, they lost to, uh, God, over the weekend. Uh, yeah. I know anyway, you, you know who I'm talking about. Nate. people who are Oregon. listening. Right now. Oregon, yeah, the USC-Oregon game. and. Dude, he didn't do anything to impress me. If you are supposed to be the number one overall pick in a draft, you should be able to complete passes uh, to the flat. And, dude, I saw two or three passes where he hit people in the ankles or there was one pass. uh, And I'm talking about these are five-yard, you know, out patterns, okay? And he's throwing it five feet over people's heads or hitting them in the ankles, dude. I I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I watch him a lot. I watch him a lot. He can make. He makes some crazy throws on the run and things like that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Well, I'll tell you this. Dude. I, I think I think he's head and shoulders better than everybody else. Okay. Well, that speaks to the quality. Listen, dude, I cannot believe it how fast this hour is going by. We are not going to miss playing uh, which team is he on because I had so much fun with that last week. But I did uh, – let's, let's pivot back to the NBA for a second here. Uh uh, dude, let's make it personal here. Reggie Bullock, he's not played in the past two games. Coach's decision, I've watched both the games. He's, he's sitting on the bench, you know, in full uniform, ready to go. Uh, you said something that uh, kind of hurt my heart a little bit, and it's going to hurt fans here in Kenson's hearts too, but he may not make it with the Rockets, even though he's got this fully guaranteed $11.5 million salary, right? No. But the good news is I think maybe that, that he can get traded to a contender because okay. some of these teams definitely need some shooting. Um, you know, the Rockets, it's a great story right now, but they'll be bad before it's all over with. Um, and some of these other teams need some shooting. So maybe he can get somewhere like Miami or somewhere where they'll use him like he should be used. Well, I, hope I, so. I get I it, man. Cause I do too. has got to play those young guys. And he's already got Dylan Brooks. I think Reggie was Dylan Brooks' uh, backup insurance. You know, in case Dylan Brooks either got hurt or did something stupid and got suspended. <laughs> I think that's what that was. And it still might happen. Well, and we're early. It's happened, dude. And it, as you and I very well know, dude, somebody could get hurt and that plugs uh, Reggie back into the rotation. It just hurts my heart, man. And getting paid more than he ever has in his career in his 11th year in the NBA and getting no minutes for a team that's going to be 10 games out of a playoff spot when all is said and done. And I know that well, they've got so. a six-game winning streak right now, whatever, but, dude, uh, when it, when all is said and done, it just it hurts my heart. What is good, though, Brandon has been back, and, yeah, they're on a losing streak now, but Brandon has looked pretty <laughs> doggone good over the last three games since he's been back, Rich. 
yeah, that team is just, oof, I, yeah. I, they're hard to watch. They really are. Because you can't tell what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? And uh, I think one of the biggest problems in basketball is chemistry, whether you can get it or not. Um, and it helps to have a pecking order. Usually that works itself out on its own. Um, but in this case, it hasn't. And you can kind of feel it when they play. Yeah. Um, it's a your turn, my turn. Oh, you shot last time. I'm shooting this time. <laughs> and, you know, it's not pretty to watch, put it that way. Do you, is there any way? Uh, let me ask you this. This will be my last NBA question before we play. Uh, which team is he on? Is there any way by the end of this season, look into your crystal ball here, Richard Clark, or you know what? Let's even say not the end of the season. From a year from right now, November 14th, 2024, one year from right now, are Brandon and Zion still on the same team? No. Okay. Who leaves? Is it Brandon probably? I think it's probably, if you're the Pelicans, that's probably what you have to do just because of the upside of Zion. Although, me personally, I wouldn't bet the house on Zion. Yeah. Um, I just think his history is too bad. And and anybody can do anything. You know, I say this about work and new people and things like that all the time. Anybody can do anything for about two or three, two months or so. But it's the grind that shows you who you are. Yep. You know, I can fake it for a month on anything. Yeah. But after that, it becomes a grind. Can you get up on the random Wednesday and get it done like you're supposed to when it, you know, that's the, that's the test. And I just don't trust Zion to be able to do that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, guess what? I wish I had some. I may we may end up ending every show like this uh, for the next few weeks too, because I love it, man. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It's which team is he on? Okay, was that good? <laughs> I don't know if you can tell or not, but I, I was doing that with my mouth. Okay, so uh, uh-huh. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week. Uh, our good friend Richard Clark went seven and three, which is yeah. We won't repeat that this week. I don't know. Yeah, man. we, we won't do that well. Well, we'll jump right into it here. The very first one, uh, he uh, attended Baylor. He's twenty nine years old. He's a six five forward. Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright. What team wow. does he play on? No, I do not know where Ish <laughs> Wainwright plays. Wow, you went into the bag for that one. Do <laughs> you got a guess? At least I'll throw a guess. Watch, you'll end up getting it with a guess, though. I'll, I'll say Detroit. No, dude, the Portland Trailblazers. Wow. Okay. <laughs> He's making $1.9 million this year for the Portland Trailblazers, uh, 29 years wow, old. Wow, that, that's like a two way, I think. Because <laughs> I think league minimum is more than that. So that's like a two-way deal. I love it. I love it. But you know who you remember? You know who Ish Wainwright is, though. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love. It. Well, let's see if you know this one. How about twenty-three-year-old point guard from VCU, from your old neck of the woods, Bones Highland? Yeah, Bones Highland plays for the Clippers now. I know Bones. <laughs> he played for Denver. Uh, he, he's the only guy that can't play with Jovic, apparently. <laughs> well, there you go, dude. Okay, well, you're one and one so far here today. I like it. Okay, next up, he's a 6'3", 24-year-old guard from the University of Arkansas. He's making $2 million this year. Isaiah <laughs> Joe. Isaiah oh, Joe. He plays for the Pistons, I think. Wait a minute, I might be wrong on that. <laughs> I, I'm going to say the Pistons. I think I'm wrong, though. You are wrong, dude. He plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, yeah. You're what? right. Dude, this is so much fun, man. You're one and two right now as we go into this next one. How about who even knew that there was a player from South Carolina Upstate playing in the NBA right now? But Richard Clark, there is. It's 32-year-old. He's a 6'5 swing forward from South Carolina Upstate. Tory Craig. Tory Tory Craig. Craig. Is he still in the league? Yes, he is. Oh, my goodness. Well, he, now he played, let me think here, because he played for Phoenix for a while, but he's been traded about 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure where he's at now. Um, I'm going to say he plays for Brooklyn, but I think I'm wrong here because he's been traded so many times. He might be with the Clippers, though. 
Tory anyway, Craig, I'm, 32, 6'5", swing forward from South Carolina, upstate. He makes $2.5 yeah. million dollars a year. He plays four. I'm, I'm going to stay with the Suns. I'll stay with the Suns, but I think I'm wrong. The Chicago Bulls. Wow, he plays for Chicago now? He plays for Chicago, yes. I'd be curious about how many teams he's played for. Because that be, be, he's got to be up there. That would be a fun one for sure. Uh, here's our fifth one. He's personal to me. He's from the University of Virginia. A six-eight power forward. He makes two million dollars a year. Anthony Gill. Anthony Gill. Anthony Gill. Anthony Gill plays for the Hornets, don't he? No, no. Wait a minute. He got traded. This is so much. Nah, fun. I'm, I'm gonna stay with the Hornets. I'm gonna stay with the Hornets, but that's not who it is now. It's, Anthony no, Gill. No, no. It, it's the House's team. It's um the Wizards. What's your final answer? I'm going to go with the Wizards because I remember how I was talking about him. Did he really? Yeah, because he was saying that they had a competent roster in Washington. This was And Bill was bragging on him pretty hard about it. And Gil was one of them. <laughs> and, and Kuzma and Jordan Poole, who's terrible this year. Well, By the way, who told Jordan Poole he was good? I know. Somebody did. Probably his girlfriend. Dude, you are right. Anthony Gill plays for the Washington Wizards, man. You know, I, I thought, thought he'd I be thought better. I thought I had you. I thought I had you on that one because you were so confident about the Hornets. I was like, man. Yeah, I was, you know who I was thinking of? Kendall. Kendall, Kendall Gill. Gill. Oh, my God. Well, there, aren't they related? Aren't they like cousins or something like that? You know, I'm not sure Kendall's not his father. Ah, dude, we are not that freaking old. Dude, Anthony Gill's 31. Yes, we are. No, 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 no. Anthony Gill's 31 years old. There's no well, way. Well, how old is Kendall Gill? He's got to be my age. Oh, Jesus, dude. You know what, dude? You I mean, I'm, I'm a lot younger than you, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just as much Kendall, as you Yeah, want. Kendall Gill's 55. Oh, my God. Well, as, long, as much as you've uh, let me take shots at you, I, I'm just going to let that one go, okay? <laughs> uh, next up, so you're two and three right now. We're halfway oh, through. Yeah. Hell, dude, this is a good one, man. I'm very proud of this one, dude. He's a six four point guard from Gonzaga. He's only twenty two though. Andrew Andrew Nimhard. I don't know if I said his oh, name. Oh, Nimhard plays for the Pacers. He's Damn. good too. Damn it. Okay. No, he, he's good. He's one. He they got him in the second round, and he's actually turned out to be really good. Yeah. Doggone it. That was he's actually guy. better than pretty good that I was going to get you on that one, dude. You know, he's actually better than Jalen Suggs right now. <laughs> oh, bad. Dude, I, hey, Rich, I'm going to take your word on it, okay? Very good. Next up, a 6'2 guard from Arkansas, only 19 years old, though, so I guess that means he was probably in this past draft, which uh, should uh, – you'll, you'll probably uh, get this one easily, but Nick Smith Jr., Nick Smith Jr., Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. I got him. But he's making two. Yeah, and a half you, you got me on that so. one. Yeah, I don't know that one. Well, throw out a guess. Nick Smith Jr. I'm going to say the Magic. He is a player for your Charlotte the, Hornets. The, well, there you go. That's why I never see him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, one, two, three, four. Well, so I'm like 500 this time. You're three and four right now. Here we go. The next one. He's a 21-year-old 6'4 swing guard from Arizona State. He's making $2.5 million this year. Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher. Wow. Josh Christopher. I do not know where he played either. We're, <laughs> man, he did it. some work. Yes, I well, He dude, did some work this time. After you blazed through seven and three last week, I was like, man, I got to make it a little bit harder this week. You want to guess? Let's Josh see. Christopher. Now, let me think here. He played at, uh, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know where he played at. Uh, right maybe, at maybe it's not Memphis. No, nah, I'm not going to guess. I'm, I'm wrong. I'll say Memphis. I'm wrong. The Utah Jazz. Jazz, yes. I was about to say that, too. Okay. Right. Two I'm wrong. Two left here. We are up against it here. We've got our next hour's guest uh, waiting here. Uh, but i got to get these last two in. Uh, he's a 6'11". Power forward from Gonzaga. Another Gonzaga player uh, here for you, uh, Richard Clark. He's 23 years old. He's making only $1.1 million, So uh, he's probably a two-way player, like you were saying earlier. Philip Petrusev. 
Philip Fili- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. F I L I P Philip Petrusev. I actually remember him at Gonzaga though, so that's a I, I kinda threw that word there as a <laughs> Uh, I do not know where Petrusev is playing. Dude, but you remember him though from college, right? I vaguely remember that name, honestly. Well, throw out a guess. Did dude. he start for them? Yes, he did. Did he? Yeah. Uh, Petrusev. I'm gonna say Petrusev plays for Portland. Uh, dude, you. Oh man, you're so close. Sacramento Kings. Ah, uh, there you go. And then the uh, last one, you're three and six. This is your chance right here, dude, to redeem yourself. He's a 21-year-old 6'6 swing guard from the University of Kentucky. He's making $1.8 million this year. 21-year-old Brandon Boston Jr. Brandon Boston plays for the – I'm going to say he's with Chicago, but that's not right. The L.A. Clippers. You did well. Yeah, Thank you did you. well this time. Well, the, the, I'll admit, the last time I did it, I kind of breezed through it, and I just picked out players I thought were real hard. But you went 7-3 and three last well, week, 3-7 and seven this week, dude. Yeah, if, if you uh, – word to the wise, if you go with anybody making under $2 million, it's going to be <laughs> people I've never heard of because, sadly, that's, uh, that's a pretty low bar in the NBA. Well, you know um, you're going to be not, watching that random-ass Kings game tonight, and you're going to see Philip Petrozev going and score like eight points tonight, and you're going to be like, are you kidding me? No, nah, I'm going to have to look at the end of the benches during the game. <laughs> Truthfully, I'm usually looking in the stands when they have those shots, but uh, uh, I'll start looking at the end of the why. bench. And I understand why. <laughs> Listen, Richard, thank you so much for being such a good sport playing along with this, dude. We will talk to you next week. Hey, when I talk to you next week, we are going to be on Thanksgiving Eve Eve. Oh, wow. Are we already in Thanksgiving? Dude, Thanksgiving's a week from Thursday. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Rich, thank you so much, dude. Talk to you next week. Thanks, man. There you go. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up here in just a few moments, we're going to have Anthony Copperhead Lofton, Howard Woolley from North Lenore here on the Brian Hanks Show. 